Welcome, listeners. Uh, we hope that if you're listening to this, you've made it all the way through the alchemy and intrigue along the Red River episodes. In these interviews, in these conclusion interviews, we will be taking a look back at the games that we have just played in. We'll take a deeper look into some of the gaming systems and the homebrew worlds that we had the opportunity to enjoy, and some post-game thoughts and having some time for GM advice as well. So I'm here with J.M. Perkins, the man, the myth, the legend, the one that ran this game for us. I say, I think I say that every single time we have you on one of the episodes, but it's just so it's it fits. It fits you. That's going to be my new Twitter bio. Yeah, right. The man, the myth, the legend, the creator of Salt and Wounds. <laughs> so thanks again from the Block Party Podcast Network for being a part of this show and just a part of all the shows that you've been on at this point. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. I have always had a blast. Um, I've always had wonderful conversations and great feedback. It is great in every way to be on the Block Party Network podcast. Awesome. So I just have a couple questions for you going into these interviews because there was a lot of things that happened uh, in this game that, one, I'm curious about. You might not be able to divulge all of the information uh, because some of it you haven't written about yet. Yep. Um, but my first question is what made you pick the location for the adventure that you did going out into the heart's blood marsh? What made you decide to go there out of everything else you could have done within salt and wounds? Right. Uh, so the reason I went there is because of course this is a huge, interesting, uh, area that is a kind of derivative of what's happening in Tarrasque. You know, the obvious, the obvious things in Salt and Wounds, of course, they're butchering this Tarrasque, and then there's all this machinery and city around that. But I like the idea of it's actually affecting the larger environment, and I wanted to showcase some of that because I thought it would be something that wasn't entirely initially obvious. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's not. You don't think about Tarrasque blood seeping into the Red River, as it's so eloquently named now, and then, you know, just changing the complete landscape of that marsh. You don't think about that kind of stuff going into it. Oh, definitely. And one of the things I've uh, written about um, as a note for my Patreon backers is I try to put kind of real-world anxieties um, mm-hmm. and issues into my game design. And one of the things that I think about, of course, is industrial runoff. And you have uh, these amazing landscapes that are so changed because of the major industry that's happening around them in our world. There's yeah. actually a really compelling picture of um, uh, runoff from a factory farm. And it's actually algae that's growing in this large kind of pool they have that's the, the sewage runoff, but it looks exactly like blood. And I just thought that was so fascinating and that kind of birthed this idea of the, the heart's blood marsh and you know, that's why I wanted to take you guys on the adventure. That's great. And, and I think one of the things that I loved about being able to, one, go into the heart's blood marsh, but also to see one of the characters that you've created being an alchemist, uh, Bacall Philgreen, which is one of the men that we've run into a couple of times. And we, I think I'm still wondering if he's a good guy or a bad guy, like what's going to happen with him. You know, I might not ever figure that out, but how much fun was it to play that character and enshrouding him in so much mystery for us as the players? Oh, I, I really enjoyed playing that character. And yeah, I, I think you hit the nail back on right on the head is that I didn't want someone who was clearly evil but definitely someone who was incredibly devious and right. not to be trifled with. But, you know, he actually, it looked like he did write to you, by you. Uh, one of the things I haven't decided yet in writing it, um, and I think I'll leave this up to the GM, is whether he was the person who initially infected you with mutations. Because mm. it seemed awfully convenient how easy it was for him to cure you. Sure, sure. So that's one of the things I play with in, in his morality is, okay, was he that devious that he picked some operatives that were useful, caused them to have these horrible mutations, and then 
conveniently offered them the uh, cure to get them to do his bidding? Or is it just the city messes with everybody and he's actually dealt fairly with you guys? That That's a long-term plan to pull that off, though. <laughs> that's crazy. That dude's got to have some persistence in him to make sure that he can pull that thing off. That's yeah, crazy. I think for your game, I think for your game, it was definitely just you guys got uh, mutated. Right. He'd heard about you, and uh, he dealt fairly with you. But you're saying maybe this is something that he can do in the future. Like he can oh, just yeah. infect people with these mutations in order to get them to do what he does. That's oh, so and, devious and so awesome at the same time. Well, and, and there is one thing I definitely know about him is he learned a lot by studying your physiology. Um, and uh, yeah, even as he was using you for this this errand, this very important errand, mm-hmm. deadly errand, he learned about more about alchemy because that's what he does. Right, right. So speaking of that errand, uh, we brought him back his vial that he that he needed. And so my question is, have the players, what we did bringing that back to him, did that influence the salt and wound setting for the foreseeable future because of what we did? Oh, it most certainly did. Although I will say the thing that might have influenced the salt and wound setting more is a couple of your fortitude saves when you got hit with those spores when you were leaving the fungal sieve. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's where we'll leave that one for now. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. find out more about that later. <laughs> um, so, speaking along the same lines of our characters, if you were to if you were to think ten years down the line in Salt Moons, where would you see our characters ending up? Uh, where would I see your characters ending up? I actually think that, given how kind of just generally good your characters were, I think that you would be involved in one of the secret organizations that's trying to change the city for the better. Hmm. Um, depending on how you think the world needs to be changed, I could definitely see you guys getting involved either with uh, the Enders, who are the people who want to kill the Trats permanently, or possibly even the Circle of Release, which are the people who want to release the Trats to bring balance back to the world. Hmm. Or we just end up dead because we're the good guys in Salt Moons. That's also a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys yeah. did pretty good. I mean, you got you got... Uh, one of you got ambushed by some pissed-off Gripply cousins, yep. um, and you didn't die from that. Nope. Um, you managed to move through uh, the Hearts of March and not die, right. and you survived an ambush by a bunch of goals. So, I don't know, you guys are pretty competent. We're pretty awesome. We, yeah, yeah, we can take care of ourselves. Speaking of our buddy Exekel and his Gripply buddies, uh, we left him behind in the Fungal Sieve. Now, what would have happened if we wouldn't have left him behind? Because I know that there was a big deal about, you know, making sure that my children stay here type thing. So what would have happened, do you think, if we would have taken him with us? You know, you actually dealt with, um, I believe, the druid at the heart of the Hungle Sea, F- mm-hmm. named Afrindi, yep. Gunter Hicks, I believe. Uh, you actually dealt with him very well. Uh, he was kind of just pleased to have company. So I don't think he would have made a big deal about it. Um, if you had done more to piss him off and also made that an issue... I think he might well have slain you all because <laughs> you guys, I think, rightly intuited that he was kind of on a different scale than uh, you yeah, were operating on. Yeah, yeah, he seemed a lot more powerful than what we could have been. I, I'm at so any glad chance. that came yeah. across. Actually, one of my one of my pet issues in games, I think, there's usually an assumption for players that they can outfight most of what they encounter. Mm-hmm. Right, like you you deal with level appropriate threats, and I was very happy that you guys got the message that. No, don't don't fight this. Yeah, yeah. We loved our characters, even though it was just a long one shot. We still didn't want to see them die, you know. Oh yeah, that definitely. was that was a big deal for us. We wanted to see our characters flourish and make it all the way to the end. So well, the whole the whole point for all of you was to get healing. Right. Yeah. 
Yep, because we had those mutations, whether Bacall gave them to us, which was probably not the case this time, but whether yep. he gave them to us or not, he had the answer for us to be healed, which we all really would have appreciated. So the, the other thing, too, I will say is if you guys, if your characters were amenable, I could definitely see them doing some more, even more interesting work for Bacall. Because hmm. he's always in need of, uh, you know, competent individuals who can get the job done. Right, right. Hey, well, if we don't join a secret, you know, good cult within Salt Moons, we always have a job with him. That's always good yeah, to know. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 And he pays well. Yeah, there we go. He pays well. So, one last question for you, JM. What mm-hmm. was your favorite moment from GMing this game? Oh, there was there was so many um, favorite moments. Um. I think, though, one of the things I really liked was when you were asking questions of the ghoul, you'd used, I believe, Speak With Dead. Mm-hmm. And in order so that the ghoul, the former ghoul did not realize that you were his enemies, um, you had one of the characters put on the frog suit. <laughs> yeah. Fingolfin so did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was this brilliant moment that is one of the things I love about D&D, where you know, you're in the midst of this plot, and there's this intrigue, and there's this danger. And there's also this element of just complete ridiculosity that, that works. And I really love uh, pulling off that fusion of, you know, high emotional stakes and, and uh, a compelling, you know, through story through line with also just these bizarre, funny bits. Um, I think, I think uh, it was Joss Whedon who said, you know, t- tell it, make the story as dark and horrific as you want. You know, really, really go for the throat. But also, every once in a while, just tell a joke. Um, right. And it's going to make both the joke really, really funny and all the serious stuff work that much better. Right. It gives that it gives that release that I think everybody needs going into those really tense moments. Oh, yeah. Because then well, and, it, it gives people a way to refocus back in on what's going on after that. Right. And you guys dealt with some messed up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have known? Who would have known that Salt and Wounds is not a happy place? Right. Well, and you said it yourself. I think it was in the first episode, the first part of uh, of this series of games. You said it's really it's really kind of funny that you guys all decided to play good characters because that's probably not the norm for most of Salt and Wounds. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it is the norm for adventurers, and you guys all played them well. But yeah, it was very interesting to see that you all independently made that choice. Yeah. So JM. I just want to thank you again for coming on the GM Showcase to run this adventure for us in the Salt and Wounds setting. If people would like to get a hold of you or read more of your stuff, whether it be for Salt and Wounds or, you know, I know you've done a lot of stuff for Pathfinder and you have your own personal blog, where can people get in contact with you to read those things and, and chat with you a little bit more? Oh, most definitely, yeah. So my main website is jmperkins.com, and I try to keep that updated with everything I'm doing. Uh, the Salt and Wounds stuff is all www.saltandwoundsetting.com, all one word. And yeah, that's that's the two places I'm the most commonly found. I'm on Twitter as J.M. Perkins. I'm on Facebook as R- John Perkins Writer, I believe. Uh, you, again, probably just easiest to go to jmperkins.com, and I have links <laughs> to everything there. Right, perfect. Perfect. So if there is one last word or advice that you can give to any other GMs, doesn't necessarily have to be regarding, you know, salt and wound setting, but if you could give one last piece of advice or a last word for the GMs out there listening, what would you say to them? You can't do it too much, but one of my absolute favorite tricks is to make, in a system that has a save feature, is to make my players make a save and not give them any information about what they're saving from or any change that happens 
regardless of the number that they roll. I think that that is great if you have a secret plan. It's great if you want to see them squirm. Um, and it's great, too, if you want to use their ideas, because sometimes they come up with better stuff based on what they're afraid is happening. Yeah, that's good. And I know you did that to us in in the epi- <laughs> in this episode when we came out of the fungal sieve, because I remember, I, we, I think we edited a good portion of it out because it was just a lot of dead air, like people just being like, what in the world is going on? But there was that definite moment where it was like two minutes of like, okay, why did he just have us do that? And I think we even asked you afterwards, and you're like, nope, still can't tell you. It just builds that mystery in such a way that anything you tried to describe in words, you'd never be able to do. Right. And if for any reason we ever get together for part two, there's already a dangling mystery. Oh gosh. Waiting for you. (laughs) Oh gosh. Now I, yeah, now you're, now you're doing it again and I want to play in a a part two. (laughs) So thank you so much, Jam, for coming on uh, and talking with us again after we've already played through the game. It was an absolute blast and an honor to be able to be a part of that. I had a blast too. And again, congratulations on expanding the podcast congratulations on this new show Uh, you guys do such great work and I'm always happy and honored that you want me to be part of it hey we're glad to have you so until next time JM we'll talk to you later All right, take care thanks once again JM for running that game for us if you liked what you heard today on this episode go to iTunes and leave us a 5 star review and you will get a thank you and a shout out in a future episode here on the GM Showcase I want to take a moment to say thank you to those who have already given us a 5 star review on iTunes thank you so much D&D Girl Thermal Square Big Demarest Friar Took and Magic Item Review We ask that if you've enjoyed what you've heard here on the GM Showcase, that you head over to iTunes and give us a shout out. It's the best way that you can help support us so that we can get out in front of more people than we already are. If you liked what you heard, you can send us an email at thegmshowcase at gmail.com. We'll answer your questions as quickly as possible. If there's something you would like to hear, send us an email and we will try and get that onto a future episode. You can also find us on Twitter at GM Showcase for all of the information and news and updates about the show there. If you would like to support the show in a way monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash GM Showcase. There are fun rewards for you there, and I think you will be pleasantly surprised with the rewards that are available to you there. You can also go out and check out all of the other Block Party Podcast Network shows at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. There you'll find shows like The Dungeon Master's Block, Story Arc Podcast, and the newest addition to the group, We're So Bad at Adventuring. And thank you so much, Blockheads, for deciding to check out this week's episode of Alchemy and Intrigue Along the Red River. We will see you right back here in a month with the next episodes, so stay tuned in all of the places that you can get updates for when that show will drop. (laughs) 